Previously on the Weekly Economics Podcast. A number of world leaders have been funnelling funds into offshore places. Gosh, it all sounds like a bit of a faff to me. It is the single most powerful policy instrument we've got. It is completely wrong to say that companies should be minimising their tax bills. Love talking about taxes and getting really excited about (laughs) it. If we fail ultimately to repair this broken system, the burden of tax will shift, inequality will rise, and that's the outcome that we least want. This is a podcast guest appearance from Natasha Adams, who is a tax campaign manager at ActionAid. From the New Economics Foundation, it's the Weekly Economics Podcast. I'm Kirsty Stiles. Billions of dollars in unpaid tax, governments and corporations in on the deal. Who owes what? Has anyone broken the law? And what does it mean for the poorest people in the world? This week, tax avoidance, Apple and the G20. With Natasha Adams, tax campaign manager at ActionAid. Apple is engaged in a sophisticated scheme to pay little or no corporate taxes on 74 billion in revenues held overseas. That is total political crap. He went on to actually, I think he called it crap on the air, which was... He said it's crap. It's crap. There's no truth behind it. Apple pays every tax dollar we owe. In 2014, Apple's tax rate on profits was 0.005%. They're working within the rules, but seeking special favors has undermined uh, the whole international economic system. It's, It's the dark side of globalization. This is the Commission retrospectively imposing its view on Ireland. It's been a lot of criticism. The European Union coming under a lot of fire. Apple vowed to appeal the ruling in a statement, adding the company is, quote, confident the decision will be overturned. So hi, Natasha. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Kirsty. Thanks for having me. So we've got another company uh, making the headlines this week uh, around tax. We've talked about Google before on the podcast with Richard Murphy. Uh, This time it's Apple. So can you explain what has happened here? Okay, so basically the EC has ruled that Apple needs to pay 13 billion euros more in tax to Ireland. Um, And this is kind of one of a series of investigations that they've been doing of big companies like, I think that you mentioned Google, Starbucks, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, And basically this is about uh, them being concerned that member states are breaking the rules of the single market, offering uh, big multinational companies tax breaks that other companies aren't able to get. Um, And so they're kind of messing up the level playing field. Uh, And yeah, it's important to say that this isn't just Ireland. There's a whole bunch of different countries that are being investigated for different things. So essentially, the problem comes back to the fact that over the years, governments have been making it really easy for multinational companies that have mobile assets that can move things like assets, Uh, profits, sales, stuff like that across borders. They've been making it easy for them to do that. They've been kind of buying into the idea of a race to the bottom and that you need to offer low tax rates to attract business, essentially. Okay, and now the EU is coming for them. So Apple says that what the European Commission is saying isn't true, and they paid the same as other companies in Ireland. Uh, Who's telling the truth, and how is it possible even to dispute uh, these figures? Uh, I think it's quite difficult to say. So basically, the global tax rules, they were never... 
they were never made as a kind of holistic system. Nobody ever sat down and figured out how exactly this would work. They've evolved over a really long period of time. Gradually, companies have globalized. Now you've got all sorts of um, things like digital and brand that are a bit more intangible. It's very hard to say where profits are made. So if you think about something like a cup of coffee, like where, where does the value in that come from when it's being made, you know, multinationally? You've got the coffee beans, you've got the milk, you've got the water, you've got the labor that's gone into all the different parts of the production line, you've got the brand. So where does the value come from and where should those things be taxed? Now we do have a global tax system, but it's really complicated. It's open to lots of different interpretations and companies are kind of pushing and pulling it in lots and lots of different ways. Um, so there isn't a simple fix to this. Basically, uh, at ActionAid, we make an argument that the global tax system is broken, that none of the solutions that have been put forwards are the kind of big holistic fix that is actually needed. So we're pushing for there to be something like a global tax body or some forum for companies to come together and actually try and set the rules properly. Okay, so both Apple and the uh, bizarrely, the Irish government are saying that they're going to be appealing the uh, European Commission's decision. Do you think that their appeals are going to be successful? I think that that's that's going to be something that's going to be worked out in the court and it will probably take a few years for us to say and us to see what happens. I'm sure that both sides will be making arguments. Um, but what we, well, we don't know what the outcome of that will be. We can say that the EC decision has really serious implications for multinationals on tax in any case. We don't know... They're not going to know now if their um, tax deals across the EC are going to be challenged. They don't know if those kinds of deals will hold. And it's certainly something that reflects a massive swell in public opinion around the world. So there have been growing campaigns for tax justice. I mean, in the UK, we've seen things like UK Uncut. Then you've got development agencies like ActionAid and Oxfam and ChristianAid that have been working on this. You've got um, the Global Alliance for Tax Justice. ActionAid's tax campaign is operating in 25 countries now around the world. And polling shows over and over again, people are really angry about this. And because people are really angry about it, decision makers are starting to take note and they are starting to respond. Now, the commission... Uh, they have quite limited uh, power to kind of regulate tax within the EC. But this is something that they can do and something they can challenge. And they're responding to public pressure. So I think it's really encouraging. And it shows that these movements around the world are having an impact that, and that it's working and that the tide is kind of turning on corporates not paying tax. Oh, I like that. That was that was a hopeful tale. Yeah, a hopeful um, tale. So interesting, whatever happens, it's, it's interesting that Apple uh, has to be in this situation. So we're recording on Thursday, uh, but as this goes out on Monday, we'll be right in the middle of the G20 conference in China. I'm sure everyone is or was eagerly anticipating uh, that. Um, so what are the G20 doing about tax avoidance by big companies across the world? Okay, so like other governments that I've just been talking about, the G20 are taking action on tax, um, which is great. So after um, ActionAid, Oxfam, a bunch of other organisations were involved in pushing the G20 when it was held here, one of the outcomes of that was that... Um, the G20 have given the mandate to the OECD to come up with a process to reform the global tax uh, rules, which is called BEPS, which is pretty catchy, the base erosion and profit shifting process. Basically, uh, it's it's designed to be a fix for the global tax rules. It isn't. It's a sticking plaster. It's, it's definitely a step forwards. It's a really good step forwards. Um, but it hasn't solved the problem. So what we want is for the G20 to acknowledge that BEPS is a step forward, but it's just a step forward. And we want them to really start to call for and discuss a new era of tax cooperation, not competition, so that company, 
based on the principle that multinational companies should be paying a fair share of tax where they operate in return for all of the services and infrastructure that they get as companies. It's kind of part of their contribution to the social contract, not un- not competing and undercutting each other. Um, and in the UK, we've got a big responsibility for that, right? So we'd really like uh, Theresa May to start setting out her stall in terms of the UK's role post-Brexit. Um, we think that we could go out there and, you know, be a really positive voice in the world. We could take some leadership on global tax reform. Uh, And also we think we've got a massive responsibility because the UK is the home to lots of big multinationals. We've got connections to lots of tax havens. We're the world's fifth fifth biggest economy. So we've got a responsibility to do this Mm -hmm. as well. So can you tell us a bit more about what the very exciting base erosion profit system um, really does. Okay, so BEP stands for Base Erosion and Profit Shifting. Woo-hoo, and that, woo-hoo. <laughs> um, it sounds very exciting. Uh, it basically means that uh, eroding a tax base of countries and loopholes and ways that profits can be moved around um, artificially. Uh, but it's very, very hard, as we've already discussed, to figure out exactly what is owed in what place. So the OECD, rich countries, have come together. They've they've come up with a whole range of what they think are potential solutions to this. And there is a big row going on at the moment about globally how they're going to be implemented and which countries are on board with them. Um, but what we're arguing is that this is a step forwards. They shouldn't have put all of their... They shouldn't have put all of their eggs in this basket. It's just a step forwards. They need to kind of move on uh, and start talking about actually how we're going to fix the global tax system because this is a step forwards. It isn't a fix, and it's not even it's not even agreed. It's not implemented yet at all. There's a long way to go. So countries like Ireland, uh, developed countries, uh, clearly want to set low taxes, as you've uh, already mentioned, to encourage big business coming to their country, uh, bringing jobs with it, uh, like Dr. Dre's Beats, which is based in Cork in Ireland. Um, What's wrong with that? Okay, well, there's not, I mean, there's not massive evidence that like cutting tax is the best way to attract investment. But setting that aside, there are various other things that are really problematic about it. So you're undercutting other taxpayers in the country. You know, small businesses, individual taxpayers uh, are paying what they feel like is their fair share. And that means that these kind of bigger companies aren't. So it's it's really uh encouraging like it's it's unleveling the playing field even more if you like it's also driving a global race to the bottom on tax which means that you know it's one country cuts their tax rate another country cuts their tax rate to repeat it it drives down and down and it's not just um civil society organizations like ActionAid talking about this christine Lagarde from the imf has said in a quote the problem with the race to the bottom means that everyone ends up at the bottom now this is particularly a problem for developing countries because they are twice as dependent on um corporate tax than developed countries if they don't collect their fair share it means less money for poverty fighting public services so really essential infrastructure like hospitals schools roads which we know are in a really dire state in lots and lots of countries um and that impacts on the poorest women and girls the most and that's why we're campaigning on this okay so are companies dodging tax in poorer parts of the world as well is this something that you know the likes of apple or google uh, are doing right now yeah so it's Companies dodging tax in poorer parts of the world is a big problem. So the IMF uh, estimates that this is costing developing countries $200 billion a year, which is a massive amount of money um, and is much more than total global aid budget. Um, and then as well as that, they're being encouraged to kind of offer tax incentives to attract businesses to try and compete at the bottom end of this global race to the bottom. Um, in terms of Apple avoiding tax in developing countries, I think that they... 
I don't know enough about their markets. They sell kind of mostly luxury goods. So I would imagine middle income countries, they might have a big presence. Uh, but I couldn't I couldn't say whether or not they're avoiding tax wherever they are, because transparency is a massive problem with the global tax system as well. It's impossible to see which companies are paying a fair share where, um, because they're not booking their profits country by country. So something that lots of organisations have been campaigning for a long time is country by country reporting, so that you get a much better idea of what um, what business companies are actually doing in the different countries they operate in rather than looking at everything as a whole. So ActionAid um, has done a lot of investigations. You can look on our website at our tax pages to see some of the companies that we've done corporate exposés into, but those take a lot of time. We have to do a lot of research. So companies like SAB Miller and Associated British Foods, we have shown how they have been avoiding tax in developing countries. Um, and we've run campaigns targeting them, but we've also been pushing for rules to change in individual countries and globally to try and tackle the problem. Okay, can you tell us a little bit more about what those companies are doing in those countries? Okay, so the kind of things that we found were, so for example, um, SAB Miller were operating a massive beer factory in Ghana, but the brands for the beer that they actually sold in Africa and across Africa were owned uh, by a subsidiary in the Netherlands. So they were paying the Netherlands for those brands and therefore they were shifting their profits from Ghana into the Netherlands, which basically meant that they were paying a lot less tax on them. And there are, there are, it's quite complicated to go into the ins and outs of all of the examples, but there are lots of kinds of things like this. And they're a combination of those sorts of measures to kind of shift profits around the world into places where they're paying less tax on them. And also um, kind of negotiating and taking advantages of tax incentives and tax breaks offered by the governments. Okay. And so is the UK government doing much about this? Um, well, that is a really good question. We would certainly like them to be. So it's been a bit of a mixed bag so far with the UK government. They've wanted to be seen to be uh, at the forefront of the fight against tax dodging, but they're also encouraging tax competition in a really big way. So um, we've got the current promise that the previous uh, outgoing Chancellor George Osborne made to cut the uh, base rate of corporation tax here in the UK down to 17%, which is still supposed to be happening next year. Um, and before he left, he, he was suggesting we should cut it even further to 15%. Now that's the lowest um, corporate tax rate in the G20. Um, so it's really seriously driving the race to the bottom. In terms of what Philip Hammond will do about that, we still haven't heard any announcements on that. We're really not sure. Um, but if the UK were to not do that, that would be a massive step forwards. Um, Theresa May, when she when she came into office, she's talked a lot about um, the tax being the price we pay for living in a civil civilised society talked about the social contract that is inherent in tax and talked about making big businesses pay their fair share and how that isn't anti-business. What we haven't seen are any of her proposals of exactly how she would do that. So we, we think post-Brexit, this is an opportunity for the UK to redefine its place in the world. We also need a lot of friends, right? So if we lead the way on tackling, um, on tackling corporate tax dodging, on not encouraging the race to bottom, uh, then that could be a really positive way forwards. It might be at the G20 that, that may make some statements about this. We might need to wait until the Conservative Party conference in October. Um, but we're really hoping that, yeah, something moves in a positive direction. So, yeah, it certainly it doesn't sound like the end of the story, but a positive one, uh, no less. Thank you very much for coming on today, Natasha. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. We'll 
we'll be back at the same time next week. Let us know what you want to hear and tweet us with questions or comments. You can find us on Twitter at Weekly EconPod. To get new episodes every Monday morning, you can subscribe for free on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, or you'll find us in the podcast app of your choice. And finally, thanks to everyone who's left a rating or review on iTunes. It really helps other people discover the show. The Weekly Economics Podcast is brought to you by the New Economics Foundation, an independent think tank and charity that campaigns for a fairer, sustainable economy. Find out more and get involved at neweconomics.org.